that beautiful offertory. Amen. Blesses my heart to hear from you. So I'd like to know if there's two people, just two, don't push me on this, just two, that would like to give a word of testimony tonight. Something that the Lord's doing in your life encourages us when the Lord is praised because of what's happening in your life and mine. Anyone? Just two people. Anybody? Oh, yes. Sorry, Sister Doris. I need the exercise. Let me do the running tonight. It's been some time ago since I, on a Sunday night, told you about our daughter Jeannie and uh, her uh, disability. She is now walking with a walker. She's basically still uh, wheelchair bound, but she is able to be home alone. And so I have been given a pardon. Uh, We were, Jerry and I both were daily taking care of her. And so the stress has lifted a lot, and God is always true to his promises. Amen. And he promised that, he would, that she would walk again. And every day, she is improving. So one of these days, she may still be with the walker, but maybe she can get rid of the wheelchair. We're looking forward to that, and we praise his name. Praise his name. Let's just take a moment and thank God for that. Lord, I want to thank you for what you've been doing in Jeannie's life. Thank you for answered prayer in her life. I ask, Lord, you'd continue to touch her. I pray that you would use her to to your glory, Father. Thank you for her faithful parents, and give them rest. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That's a great answer to prayer. Anyone else? One person, one more. Yes, Sister Evelyn, God bless you. I want to give God the glory for what he's done in my life and the renewed spirit that he has given me in the last couple weeks. Um, I want to praise God for this church and for the people who have been so faithful to pray. I just... I can't say anything else than to give God the glory because it's it's only because of his grace and his mercy. Amen. Amen. And his goodness. Let me thank the Lord for you. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in Evelyn Brooks' life. I thank you, Lord, for how you've kept your arms wrapped around her and that you've been faithful to her. Thank you for the people of this church that have been faithful to her. Lord, help her to grow stronger in you and to love you more and more and praise you more and more each day. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, Amen. God bless you, sister. Amen. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. I've been thinking a lot lately about relationship with God. Mine and yours and anybody's. And I wonder... What is it like to be one with the Father? What would that be like? You know, you know his, 
His grace coming down, my praise going up, just one with the Father. wonder what that is like. I've been thinking about that lately, being one with the Father, and that being translated to oneness with each other. Have you ever thought about that? wonder what that is like. What's it like for you and me to be one with God? Jesus prayed for us, actually, in John chapter 17 and said, I pray for those who will believe in me through the message of my disciples. I pray that they may be one just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe. One with the Father, one with the Son, one with each other. What would that be like? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to experience spiritual unity with God and with each other so that the world might believe? Sounds like the stakes are pretty high, doesn't it? Oneness with the Father, oneness with each other, so that the world might believe. One. Here's a little bit what that might look like around here if if it actually happened. You and me living in a transforming, ongoing, transparent, intimate relationship with our Father who art in heaven. You and me living transformed, transparent, honest, loving, forgiving relationships with each other right here on earth and in this community of faith. So that the world might believe. You see, God, He wants you and me, those of us that are His children, you know, anybody that comes on Sunday night, on the first Sunday night of spring break, I mean, he wants you and me to be so connected to him that it changes our relationships with each other. Do you believe that? So that the world might believe. See, God, our Father, he's counting on us. He has an expectation for his children to fulfill his plan on earth. You know, he has a plan for you. And he has a plan for me. He wants to use each and every one of us every single day right here, right now, to help fulfill his plan on this earth. Oneness. One with the Father. One with each other. So that the world might believe. Stakes are high. Now what are we going to do about it? This Sunday night crowd, first Sunday night or the first night of spring break, what are we going to do about it? Just for a few moments this evening, I want to talk about that. One God, one with God, one with His Son, one with each other. How can that happen in your life and mine? Well, simply put, Spiritual unity happens when you and I have an intimate relationship with the Father. Let me say that again. Spiritual unity happens 
when you and I have an intimate relationship with the Father. And that, brothers and sisters, cannot be emphasized too much. It's what we should be all about, the Father's business. And His first order of business with you and me is a developing, ongoing, intimate relationship with Him. I will be your God, He says, and you will be my people. That's, that's his, his, the cry of His heart, if I can say that. That's His plan. That's His will for you and me, that we would have an intimate relationship with Him and we would, we would work on that. We would do our part to help develop that. Our Father's business, the first order of business, is that you and I have a developing, ongoing, intimate relationship with Him. Everything else comes after that. Everything else comes after that. Everything else comes after that. See, living a Christian life, or the the, the outcome, the overflow of living a Christian life comes after a developing intimate relationship with the Father. Or, or I should say, a Christian life is lived out of a developing intimate relationship with the Father. Too often it seems to me that we get things backwards. And I think that is the main issue in God's church today. The cart is before the horse. If you'll let me say it that way, Lord. If not, I guess I get zapped. (laughs) The cart is before the horse. You see, um, the horse, in my feeble illustration, is prayer and being in the Word. The horse is prayer and being in the Word. The cart is everything else, everything else we do in our lives, everything else we do in church, everything else that goes on around us in the world, it is after, it comes after and behind prayer and being in the Word. What would it look like around here if all of us would move the horse from behind the cart, because you know what we normally do? Like, for example, when we start a new program at church, you know what we do? Somebody has an idea and we go for it. Let's do it. Let's go for it. We do the obligatory prayer of blessing and we just jump in with both feet. What we should do, if the horse was in the proper place, if you'll continue to let me say it that way, we would say, somebody would come up to us and say, how about if we start this new program in church? Got this idea. We said, well, let's, let's spend time. Let's take a week or two or three or four. I mean, for a major program, let's just take a week or two or three or four and just pray and ask God, ask God if he would be pleased if we start this. You see, we're all gung-ho. Let's let's go. And and the, the horse is behind the car. So in order for us to make a change in God's church... We should lead the old gray mare. You know, she ain't what she used to be. Move the old gray mare in front of the cart. Lead him around to where he belongs. And then hitch him up. 
and pull everything from the perspective of an intimate relationship with the Father. Everything that happens around here, everything that happens in your home, happens out of the overflow of an intimate relationship with God. You want to learn how to love your spouse better? You want to learn how to raise your kids better? It comes out of the overflow, for for children of God that is, of an intimate relationship with the Father. Perhaps I should have seen it sooner. Perhaps you would have expected me to catch on sooner than this. But it seems like just in the last months, the Lord has finally gotten through to me. You know why? Because I've been living a life of the cart before the horse. I guarantee you this much. If prayer and the Word were first, always, prayer and the Word before everything else, people in God's church would look at things differently. People in God's church would treat each other differently. They would look at the lost people with a wounded, broken broken heart. They would begin to see His will being done on earth as it is in heaven. If prayer and the Word were, were first in your life and mine. If everything came out of the overflow of an intimate relationship with God. I want to be part of that, don't you? Then hit your horse in front of the wagon, in front of the cart. With all that in mind, I've been taking a personal spiritual inventory these last number of months. And see, this is very important from time to time to, to stop and take a personal spiritual inventory. All of us should do that from time to time. Because you see what happens to people like us? We tend to get comfortable, don't we? We tend to get satisfied. Some of us feel like we've arrived and we don't need a whole lot more prayer in the Word. We just get comfortable. It's a human problem. We like to get set in a routine and and we just feel like this is good and we don't like anything really upsetting all those things. Well, sometimes in the church, in our spiritual relationship with God, we need Him to upset some things. We need Him to... I heard an old-timer, i got to be careful, way older than anybody here, okay? heard an old-timer evangelist say one time, Oh, Lord, send us a gully washer. A gully washer? You know, he just, God just sends this, this experience that just washes and cleanses away everything. We need that now and then, don't we? Even the best of us. Even the ones here tonight that are the closest to God. We need things to be changed up and new from time to time. Because we get comfortable. We get in kind of a rut. And then what happens, or what could happen, is stagnation starts. Backpedaling begins. And then we wonder, where's God? You know, God used to be all over my life. God used to be in our, in our church. and Boy, you can feel the presence. What's happening these days? Well, we're comfortable, maybe. We're satisfied. Well, we've got enough. I, I want to live like this, God. We should never, 
ever be satisfied with, our, with how close we are to God. Do you believe that? I want more of you. It's good from time to time to take a spiritual inventory. To move out of my spiritual stagnation and comfort zone, it helps to change things up now and then. So that God can, can come around from a different angle and speak to us like He hasn't for a while. Open up another side door. So God, come at me from this angle and speak a new word into my life. For me, lately, it's been, God is using, as I take this spiritual inventory, He's been using this delightful hour of God prayer guide that we were given, that we were inter- was inter- <clears throat> excuse me, that was introduced to us in our prayer revival. It's not super profound. It's just different. It's a different way for me to to spend time with God, and it's really been speaking to me. God has been speaking to me kind of brand new from a different angle because I've changed it up a little bit, and I'm using this delightful hour with God. It's helped me to refocus my Christian life, my, my spirituality, my oneness, my intimacy with God. Also, you may remember in our prayer revival, Gary Smiths, one of the guys, he talked to us about this acrostic way of journaling. It's called SOAP. You remember that? Spirit or scripture, observation, application, and prayer. I'm not a big-time journaler, but since the prayer revival, I've tried to do that. And it has opened up other avenues for God to come through and speak to me from another angle. And it's just because of this little simple thing. I read a portion of Scripture. I pray before I read a portion of Scripture. Lord, what do you want to say to me through this Scripture? You see, I think it's important for us to ask God to renew our minds when it comes to our devotional lives. So that that we can really... Get something out of it from what he wants us to to learn. And so before I start reading, I say, Lord, this scripture here, what do you want to say to me? How do you want to speak to me through these words? And then I read. And sometimes, sometimes more than others, but but every time I I am focused on one scripture, maybe usually a verse, jumps off the page, not always, but sometimes jumps off the page, and I go, wow, I've never read that like that before. And I look at it, and I meditate on it a little bit. And so I take my piece of paper, Scripture S, and write that one verse down. It's just one line, a couple of lines. And then, oh, observation. What is the observation that I had? Why did it jump off the page to me? And I just put down the little one or two lines, observation of of what it said to me. And then A, application. How can I apply this to my life, Lord? What are you trying to say to me? What did you say to me in my life? Write a couple lines down there. And then P, prayer. Father, would you help me to apply this to my life? Would you help me to live right there? Just simple. It's S-O-A-P. A simple thing that I hadn't done before, and it's like God coming in from another angle and speaking to me. You see, brothers and sisters, we need to get out of our, our, our spiritual ruts, and we need to move on with God. 
in a brand new way because the stakes are that high so that the world might believe. Something new that has helped me in my spiritual inventory. Another thing that's helped me lately is the book that we're going through on Tuesday morning with the men. Prayer Coach. The book. Now, it is very practical, and there's the, the suggestions on how to pray are very simple, and there are things that, at least a few of them, are things that I've never thought of. It's, it's a new way of looking at it. It's not always profound. It's just something I go, I'm going to try that. And that has been helping me. Come in, look at it, having God open another window and come in from a different way and speak to me because I've changed it up a little bit. I've seen many of the guys come through the doors and and, and they have this anticipation, at least it seems to me as I look at them, the anticipation on their faces of what what we're going to talk about, what God's going to say to us, or what God has said to them as they read the chapter. Just changing a few things up once in a while to give God a brand new opportunity to, to speak in a new way into my life. I have a couple of friends that years ago gave me some ideas out of their devotional lives. Simple, not profound, just simple things they've done. And I've tried this a few times and it's really helped me. The first friend said that every now and then on January, actually the end of December, I'll decide, he said, to read through Proverbs every month. It's 31 chapters in Proverbs. It lends itself well to that pretty much. So he says, I'll just decide that with, along with my other Bible reading devotional time, I'm going to read through Proverbs every month. So at the end of the year, I've read through the book of Proverbs 12 times. And he says, God speaks to me through that. Now he's done this off and on for a number of years, so he just about has the book of Proverbs memorized, which is pretty good. When Satan attacks, isn't it? So that's one way that that I have used sometimes. I've never done it all the year through, but every now and then I'll start at the beginning of the month and I'll read the book of Proverbs through. Usually once a year, I I don't know. uh, Something like that. Some years I don't do it. But it's a new way, it's a different way for me to allow God to speak to me in ways that He hasn't before because I'm reading something new. My other friend... He reads through the Psalms numerous times in a year, every single year, along with his other devotional times. He just starts at the beginning of the year with the first Psalm. Some days he'll read one Psalm. Some days he'll read two. Some days a long Psalm, he'll read half of a Psalm. Some days he'll read just a few lines. It doesn't matter. He reads through the Psalms numerous times through the year. And he says, it is amazing how faithful God is to me to speak to my heart through the Psalms. That guy's done that so often that he about has the Psalms memorized. I remember the first time I met Carla's grandfather. I liked him right off because his name was Charlie. That was pretty cool. He was about, probably. I think he was 92 or 3 when I first met him. Carl and I went up and spent a weekend with them in their house. We'd, had, we'd been married a couple of months, about six months, I guess, and she wanted me to go up and meet her grandparents. They were elderly. They, they didn't get out. They were just there. I've got to be careful when I say elderly because I don't want to offend anybody, but they just couldn't get out much. So we went up to see them, spent a weekend with them. 
It was about supper time. It's prayed and ate supper. Right after supper, we were sitting at the table, and, and Carla's grandmother said, Charlie, it's time for devotions. And then we said, Charlie, it's time for devotions. He said, okay, okay. And he started ripping off psalms. He couldn't, he couldn't even see. And he started saying psalms, praying the psalms. Can I say that the presence of the Lord was just thick? Just after supper, praying the psalms from memory. I found out that Carla's grandfather had about half the Bible memorized. I couldn't believe it. How do you do that? By spending time in God's Word. So this friend of mine, he's read through the Psalms, and it really speaks to him. God, God speaks to him anew every time he reads through them. So in thinking of all that, I felt like I wanted, to, I wanted us to spend some time in the Psalms on Sunday nights whenever I preach. So for the next 22 times I preach, <laughs> we're going to go through Psalm 119. And I am looking forward to it. My prayer is that God would use it to speak to us in a brand new way as we go through Psalm 119. Let's pray together. Lord, you are faithful. Evelyn told us that again. Doris told us that again. You are faithful. And we praise your name, Father. But you want to be oh so much faith, such so much more faithful to us. If we would just love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and really get into a prayer life and into your word, oh, you want to be so much more faithful to us. Lord, would you take us as individuals, as families, as a family of faith, to places spiritually that we've never been before, to your honor and glory, so that the world might believe in Jesus' name. Amen. The Psalms are the hymn book of the Scriptures. They would sing many of these Psalms. Actually, the 119th Psalm is a collection of spiritual songs which were set to music and sung by the choirs and the little singing groups and even individuals throughout Israel for years and still today. Many of our hymns and choruses are based on the same songs. For example, this one. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter His courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, for He has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice, for He has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice, for He has made me glad. It's kind of an older chorus. Is that, can I, is that an older chorus? Whatever. It's a chorus that is based on a verse in Psalm 100. Or how about this one? I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. 
very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me. or old hymns that was based on Psalm, Psalm 1, or Psalm 18, to be exact. One writer said, Together with the Sermon on the Mount, Psalm 119 is the finest testimony for God's law you will find in all of Scripture. It is the longest chapter of the Bible, of course, but it is very unique in that in Hebrew it is an acrostic. All of Psalm 119, there are 22 sections of Psalm 119, all connected with one of the letters in the old Hebrew alphabet. For example, the first section, actually every section is, is every line of every section starts with that um, alphabet, that letter of the alphabet from the old Hebrew alphabet. Each line of the section, it becomes an acrostic. There's 22 sections, each with eight verses, which equals 176 verses in that massive chapter in the Bible. It is a beautiful writing in the original Hebrew, and the people used the way it was written to help them memorize it as they would sing and go along their way. Well, all that trivial stuff aside... Reading slowly through Psalm 119, section by section, verse by verse, then taking time to meditate and pray over these sections can help take us to that oneness with the Father and Son and one with each other. That intimacy with the Father that so many of us are longing for. One with Him one with each other, so that the world may believe. The stakes are high. Let me read for you Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8. Just verses 1 through 8. Listen to this. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep His statutes and seek Him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in His ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying Your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all Your commands. I will praise You with an upright heart as I learn Your righteous laws. I will obey Your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. The first letter of the alphabet is called Alf. 
<laughs> I like that. It means mighty blessing. The first eight verses talk about mighty blessing. Blessing from God. I think if, if we really, really understood who God is and what he wanted to do in us and through us, we would understand that by far the greatest experience that you can have or that I can have is to be blessed by the all-consuming, all-creator God. To be blessed by him. Oh, to be blessed by wealth, possessions, good health and fame, count for nothing if we do not have the blessing of God on our lives. In Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2, it talks about the secret of being blessed by God. Here it is. Oneness and intimacy with God comes when He and His Word have taken their rightful place in our lives. When God is first and His Word is followed, that's when the blessing of God falls upon us. The secret blessing of the Father, the the secret blessing of the Father, is when He is first and there is no close second. And that His Word is written daily on our hearts. Is it possible to be so close to God that we are one with Him? The answer, of course, is absolutely yes. Blessed, happy, fulfilled are those who seek Him with all their hearts and walk according to His Word. Father, renew us, refresh us from the inside out. The psalmist tells us here that blessing and true happiness come from obedience to God's laws. You see, where we look, where we focus, results in what we do. Where we look, where we focus, results in what we do. The psalmist says that focus, gaze, stare at God's Word. Look at verse 4. When I read verse 4, what's verse 5? Verse 4 says, You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. And then verse 5 says, You can almost feel the emotion of the psalmist when he writes this. David, who wrote this psalm and says, and says, I, I, I love you, God. I am a man after your own heart. David says, oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. David must have caught a glimpse from what it was really like to follow God faithfully. And with, with all of our, our efforts and all of our, of our obedience, he must have tasted that and said, oh, that my ways were steadfast. If I could just get this. In obeying your decrees, the blessing of God would rest on my life. I pray that God would help us get intimate with Him, so close to Him, that before anything else would be our intimate relationship with Him, so that the world may believe. 
Well, verse 7, and then we'll bring this to a close. Verse 7 says, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will praise you with an upright heart. A heart focused on the Father. A heart that is turned in His direction. A heart that seeks Him fully. And by doing that, it turns toward God and away from everything else that would keep us away from God. That is more and more possible, brothers and sisters, as we walk daily according to God's Word and seek Him with all of our hearts. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. As I learn your righteous laws. You see, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, effort, discipline, and prayer to learn your righteous laws. We are disciples, after all. We are learners of Christ. Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5 says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. I wonder, is it possible to actually be one with God? Is it possible for me to be one? One with God? Well, I'm trying to find out as I continue to take this spiritual inventory of my life. And here's my testimony. My testimony is so far so good, but still a long way to go. As I take this journey, another song comes to my mind. Another song based on a psalm. Psalm 107, in fact, comes to mind. And it goes like this. All my life long I had panted for a drink from some cool spring that I hoped would quench the burning of the thirst I felt within. Hallelujah, I have found Him who my soul so Jesus satisfies my longings. Through His blood I now am saved. We'll just stop there on that one. Thank you, Gary. Slowly, meditatively, expectantly, and prayerfully going through one verse at a time. It's, it's looking at it perhaps in a new way and allowing God to, to come and speak to us from a different direction. Who knows? It just, just could make us one with the Father and one with each other. Do we realize what could happen in the body of Christ, 
if we became one with the Father and each other? Let me ask you this in closing. Is there someone in this family of faith? Is there someone that, that you have a difficult time with? Let me just say, maybe, maybe it's a staff member that has done something that, that you don't like. Or, or maybe it's a, a fellow parishioner that has done something that you don't like. You know what God wants? You know what God wants? God wants us to show them how to deal with that in a Christ-like way. And so I'm thinking about this, and I think, you know, Lord, if we really put the horse before the cart, if if we really became people of prayer and people in the Word, we would demonstrate love around here. God's love. One, God's grace coming down, my praise going up. One with the Father. And out of that, one, love with each other. Lord, would you save us from pettiness? (laughs) Talk to me too. Would you save us from wrong attitudes in the body of Christ? Would you help us, Lord, to learn how to heal wounds? So that the world may believe. Here we are, Lord. Use us. Father, Would you help us to to get the horse back in front of the cart? Would you help us to be people that are in prayer and in the Word? Show us, Lord, how possible it is to be one with you. Oh, I want that. I want that. Help us, Lord, to, to understand that that out of that relationship, the overflow of that is that we are one with each other. We are one. No one better than anyone else. Understanding that we all mess up from time to time and just loving each other through those moments. Not holding grudges. Not taking it out on each other for a period of time or whatever all that means but loving one another in a way that draws people to Christ so that the world may believe. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of God. Blessed are they who keep His statutes and seek Him with all their hearts. Thank you, Father, for the way you speak to us through your word. Help us, Lord, to change things up a little bit so you can come around and and say it again from a different angle that we might say, oh, yes, good, I hadn't thought of it that way before. Thank you, Father. Help us to be humble and pray.
and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. Lord, this week that we face, I pray your special blessing on these people that I love and you love even more. May your blessing rest upon this family of faith as we go out into your world to share Christ. Help us to do it at home first. Help us to do it then at work and school and where we go so that the world may believe. In Jesus' precious name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.